Good morning, and welcome to today's show of the Early Birds Worm. Today is March 4th, and it is almost International Women's Day. I'm Mickey Baruta. And I'm Caitlin Bolt. We'll find out more about online COVID vaccine booking, what happened at the Golden Globes, and a later interview with the organizer of Durham College's virtual job fair. Canada's chief public health officer says new COVID-19 cases are starting to increase after a month-long decline. Canada saw 2,933 new cases on average over the past week. Similar to Friday's numbers that revealed increases of between 8 and 14% in Ontario, Alberta, and British Columbia. The province is to receive an estimated 190,000 doses of the newly approved AstraZeneca vaccine this month. Ontario will use the AstraZeneca vaccine for people between the ages of 60 and 64. The government will rely on pharmacists and healthcare practitioners to deliver the dose before they expire in early April. Stay home and stay safe. International Women's Day is next week. Here to tell us what that day will look like in 2021 is Emily McPhail. March 8th is International Women's Day. This important day has been celebrated for over 100 years and this year will be no different, except the celebrations will be held virtually. This day is aimed at celebrating achievements for women all over the globe and acts as a reminder for the importance of gender equality. From Australia to Germany, Spain, and the United States, there are over 300 officially recognized events happening virtually to celebrate this day. Canada will also be holding a variety of events. Locally, Toronto events will explore topics ranging from workshops designed to help women balance life and work to panels on women in cybersecurity. The virtual environment of these events provides a unique opportunity for people to participate in events celebrating International Women's Day that are happening all over the world. Now, more than ever, it is important to come together on a global scale, and this upcoming March 8th, we have the chance to do that and honor the important work that women do in a variety of industries. Reporting for Riot Radio, I'm Emily McPhail. Corrado Stefano reports on the future plans for the fall 2021 semester at Durham College. Durham College has been planning a potential return to in-person learning for the fall 2021 semester according to durhamcollege.ca. It's coming up to a year since Durham College closed campuses and went to online learning. With cases in Durham region going down, it gave Durham College an opportunity to possibly open its campuses for the fall semester. Health and safety will be a number one concern for the school. There will be many guidelines put in place to keep the campuses open and safe. Durham College will still offer online learning options for students who feel more comfortable learning remotely. This was Corrado DeStefano reporting for the Early Birds Worm. Air passengers who have traveled overseas to Canada are having problems booking hotels. They also say customer service and booking their stay in hotel quarantines needs to be improved. The Government of Canada says travelers must stay in a government-authorized hotel for three nights at their own expense, and take a COVID-19 test on arrival. For this reason, making a reservation in a hotel has become difficult, 
and the cost may vary from $1,000 to $2,000. Cristina Teixeira, a passenger who flew from Portugal to Canada, explains her frustration. Our price jumped to um, $1,119 per night, which was $700 and some because there's three of us staying in one room. As for customer service, guests complain about the lack of communication from the hotel staff about the quality of the food. Jordan Evans, a passenger who was in the U.S., explains her disappointment about her meal. It was cold, it was not what I ordered, and it was they did not put a beverage in there, so I didn't have a drink. The Hotel Association of Canada says its guests' health and safety are its top priority. It will analyze the conditions and facts case by case. A strong storm that hit the Acadian Peninsula has left two people dead this week. A 90-year-old woman was dead on the deck of her home in Packetville, and a 53-year-old man who was wearing snowshoes in Basquiat just before 11.30 a.m. Wednesday near his home. The woman was found by a man plowing her driveway at around 3.30 a.m. on Wednesday. Sergeant Andre Pepin says, when the weather is bad, it's a lot safer to stay inside the house and not go out if you don't have to. And just going out for fun could be risky during a snowstorm. With the region of Durham reopening, there are still safety rules and guidelines to follow. Corrado De Stefano reports. Durham, among other regions in the Greater Toronto Area, have lifted the lockdown on February 16th, allowing many businesses to be reopened. All businesses except movie theaters are allowed to reopen at restricted capacity. Some restrictions on restaurants include limiting capacity to 10 customers inside and must no longer serve alcohol after 9 p.m. and must close at 10 p.m. Social gatherings are also being restricted to a maximum of 5 people indoors and 25 people outdoors. Stay safe, Durham. This was Corrado DeStefano reporting for the Early Birds Worm. Durham Region is launching its online COVID-19 vaccine booking system in the coming days. There is no exact date as the health department says it's making its final touches, but will be available soon. The online booking system will allow Durham citizens to book appointments for the COVID-19 vaccine online and will begin with those over the age of 80. This program has been controversial as the older population may have difficulty navigating the online booking system. The Durham Health Department said they're doing everything they can to ensure the program will be accessible to everyone. Vaccine supplies are still limited. Currently, only Pfizer vaccines are being distributed in Durham. Clinics in Oshawa and Pickering are administering vaccines, but the region is looking to expand each municipality as soon as possible. And now, Caitlin Bolt. Despite being able to open up again, small businesses in Durham region continue to struggle during the pandemic. A 23-year-old Durham man launches a GoFundMe campaign to help. Vandita Kumar reports. Brad Dornelis, a realtor who grew up living in Uxbridge but also spent a lot of his time in Port Perry, started a GoFundMe page to help businesses in the community. 
Since I've lived in a small town my whole life, I know what it's like for small businesses. I've been around it forever. So I just I get a sense of how it must feel for them to go through this. If I'm in a position where I can do this and try to help out and raise money, then why not do it? Dan Arnelis' goal is to raise 20000 in which he knows is ambitious, but he hopes to help one business in Port Perry and one more in Uxbridge. He plans on keeping the fundraising campaign page up until the pandemic is over and is encouraging businesses in need of a lifeline to contact him and apply for the funding. I'm Vandita Kamar, reporting for the Early Birds Worm. The estate of popular children's author Dr. Seuss announced this week that six of his famous books will no longer be published due to offensive imagery. Joey Cole reports. Over the span of his career, children's author Dr. Seuss wrote more than 60 books, all of which have been read and enjoyed in schools and homes for decades. However, in recent years, school boards and parents have raised concerns over racially insensitive imagery in many of his books. A study done by the journal Research on Diversity in Youth Literature analyzed 50 of Seuss's famous books. It found that 43 out of 45 characters of color exhibit racial stereotypes. This seems to be a pattern for Seuss, with records showing some of his earliest work in the 1920s as a student at Dartmouth University included offensive images of African-American, Asian, and Jewish people. On Seuss's birthday, also known as Read Across America Day, the author's estate announced that they will no longer be publishing six of his books, including If I Ran the Zoo and The Cat's Quizzer. In a statement, the estate said that they hope by doing this, it will create a catalog for readers that is more supportive and inclusive. Joey Cole reports for The Early Bird's Worm. The new normal for the fanless NHL is finally starting to kick in for the players, but the year hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows. Currently, the league only has three players in the COVID-19 protocol, one of them being Penguin superstar Sidney Crosby. The league has had 63 players enter the protocol so far this season. The first game to be postponed this season due to COVID-19 was the Stars versus the Panthers on January 14th, a day after the NHL's opening night. The Vegas Golden Knights had an unlucky fight with COVID-19 when one of their coaches tested positive. The entire coaching staff had to miss the game because they were in self-isolation due to being close contacts with the coach. Vegas's general manager, Kelly McCrimmon, got behind the bench and coached while the actual coaching staff was self-isolating. 35 games this season so far have been postponed due to COVID-19, on top of 15 other games being impacted by the postponement of these games. The Winnipeg Jets are the only Canadian team who have had a player test positive for COVID-19 so far this season. This year, the Golden Globes were held online on Sunday, February 28th, and were hosted by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Many celebrities won big, including Schitt's Creek star Katherine O'Hara. She won Best Actress for her work on the show. Schitt's Creek also won Best Television Comedy. Joining O'Hara is Chloe Zhao, the first woman of Asian descent to win Best Director and her movie Nomadland for Best Drama Film. Others that won include Borat's subsequent movie film for Best Movie, Comedy or Musical, Anya Taylor-Joy for Actress in a Limited Series, and Jane Fonda for the Cecil B. DeMille Award. Another inspiring win at the Golden Globes was Chadwick Boseman, who won Best Actor in Dramatic Film for his role in Moraney's Black Bottom. Bozeman passed away from colon cancer six months ago, and his wife, Taylor Simone Ledward, accepted the award on his behalf. 
Over the last several years, the mental health needs of post-secondary students have increased dramatically in Ontario. According to the previous National College Health Assessment Survey of the Canadian student population, the Ontario government provides $7 million to increase access to mental health and addiction services for post-secondary students during COVID-19. The funding will give more support for students, both on campus and virtually, and can also be used to discuss and address the needs of vulnerable and diverse groups, such as Indigenous students, LGBTQ students, and students with disabilities. Since COVID-19 has greatly affected small businesses across Oshawa, Durham Region announces the new Shop Durham Region online marketplace is live now. Safa Hussain reports. In an interview with City TV, Mayor Dan Carter talked about how local matters in the Durham Region and the City of Oshawa and that we need to support them. We have to remember that small business has already been impacted. They're back slowly and we're hoping uh, that we will continue the visual way that we're doing things to be able to stay safe. The multi-vendor e-store allows shoppers to safely purchase items from different Durham-based businesses in a single transaction. I'm Safa Hussein, reporting for the Early Birds War. This year, Durham College and Ontario Tech will be hosting their annual job fair virtually. Reporter Mickey Baruda spoke to Career Service Outreach Coordinator Jennifer Powell. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. So is, is a job fair for summer job something that Durham College throws every year? So this actually isn't for summer jobs. It's for all types of jobs, okay. contract, part-time, full-time, summer, internship, co-op, like really any type of job. So we've opened it up to be really any discipline whatsoever um, in terms of work. And it is something that we do annually. This is our first virtual event though. Normally they're held in person and they take place. One is at the Whitby campus and one is at the Oshawa campus. Yeah, great. That My second question was actually if you guys were able to do this in person last year. Yes, we snuck it in right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the event last year, I believe, was on February the 4th in Oshawa and February the 6th in Whitby. Um, and then obviously the college closed in mid-March. Uh, so I believe we were one of the last couple of large events that were held on campus before we all went home. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So this year, obviously, we have to kind of adjust, obviously. So what was the kind of planning like for you guys when it came to deciding how to do this job fair? Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of research into virtual platforms that were available through third parties. Um, I probably spent a good six months talking uh, on the phone, getting demonstrations, um, being able to view all the different types of platforms and their functionality that was available. Um, the amount of work that would have to go in on the student's end to create a profile, the amount of work that would have to go in on the employer's end to create a profile, and then the amount of work that we would have to do to get that platform off the ground. Um, so we did a lot of that um, to find it, you know, what was available and what would be appropriate. And um, we actually came to uh, a conclusion that um, until we really knew what the uh, long-term effect was going to be, we didn't know when we would be coming back. So it was very difficult to determine, you know, how much to invest into um, all of these different platforms if we were going to go back to in-person. Nobody really knew what it was like back in March, right? Yeah, exactly. um, so we ended up uh, settling on a platform that we're using for the virtual fair that provides the employers the ability to have a profile 
which includes you know, a little description about their organization, what they're hiring for, whether those roles are part-time, summer, full-time, that type of thing, how students can apply, a link to their website, and then um, actually they can upload their own uh, virtual meeting link platform um, where they can then, students can then join them to meet them on the fair in person uh, virtually. How many positions do you guys have available this year approximately? So we have 117 employers that are actually recruiting at the virtual career fair. Um, we don't actually take stock of the number of positions that each of those employers are um, recruiting for. However, just kind of from memory, I would say that there's about three or four positions that each employer is recruiting for, and some of them could be multiple. So for example, let's say that we have um, a hospital there that's indicated that they're hiring registered practical nurses. They don't indicate that they're hiring for. They're looking to hire as many practical nurses as they need. So I would say, generally speaking, if we're to look at 117 employers times four at the very minimum, that would give us an overall number of the um, amount that employers are hiring at the fair. So a lot of positions. Yeah, quite a few, definitely. Yeah. And uh, what are some types of jobs or types of employers that students can expect to see at the fair? There is actually a, a page that students can go to that is accessed through the hired portal. It's actually that when you first log in on the home screen, there's a button that you can click that says virtual career fair. And on that page, students can go directly to a link that lists all the employers that are coming. You can filter by discipline. So say for instance, you're, you got, you're in a, a media-based program that you could look up communications and promotions type um, roles that are available. And it would then filter all the employers that are coming to the fair, looking to hire within your discipline. So um, there's a huge, huge variety of employers coming. I mean, I can rhyme off the disciplines. Um, so we have administrative and support, animation, art and design, business, communications and promotions, community, education and social services, emergency services, engineering, as well as technician and technology, um, entertainment and sports and recreation, uh, those that are hiring generally, so it could be, you know, for um, summer roles and things like that that aren't uh, industry specific, healthcare, hospitality and food service, IT, law and justice, all of the sciences, which would include um, the Whitby programs, as well as like chemical lab tech, horticulture technician, things like that, skilled trades and social sciences. So those are the, the kind of the buckets that the employers are recruiting within. Yeah, definitely a huge variety then. Yeah, it's, it's an interdisciplinary fair, um, and it is for all industries, all types of employment, and it's open to both Durham College students as well as Ontario Tech students and alumni. So that's another key fact is that it's for um, alumni that have graduated from school but are still looking for work as well, because we recognize that with the pandemic, a lot of people's plans didn't necessarily work out the way that everyone had hoped. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely good. When will the virtual fair be this year? So it's on March 11th from 1 to 4 p.m. My last question is, how can students access the job fair? So the Hired Portal is the key to all things career development at Durham College. So it's hired.durhamcollege.ca. Students can log in with their student ID as well as their My Campus password. 
And then, like I said, on the very main screen, there is a, a little tile that you can click and it'll take you directly to the event page. You can register there. And then when you register, you receive event reminders, find out more about who's coming. Like I said, you can access all the employer profiles, do your research so that you really can make the most of your time while you're at the fair because you'll already know who it is that you want to go visit. So I would say that that would be um, the best way to go about it. We're also hosting almost two weeks of preparatory events um, every day from March 1st to the 11th. I'm hosting a live walkthrough of the event platform from 11 to 11.30. So students can get a feel for how to navigate and whatnot prior to the fair. We're also hosting sessions on virtual interviews, on LinkedIn, on how to do your personal pitch. Um, we're doing a, a bunch of different IG lives. So we've got a lot going on to hopefully have everybody really well prepared and ready to go for the fair. That's absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. That's everything that welcome. I have for today. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I'm Caitlin Bolt. And I'm Mickey Baruta, reporting for the Early Birds Worm on Riot Radio.